let's see if she can win. Instead of uh, <laughs> doing the wrong game. I'll give hey, her come game. on. I'll make it a little easier on her. Come on. Praise the Lord. Kevin wants us to know we've got 71,000 pounds so far. With God, all things are possible. Can you bring in 71,000 pounds and distribute it all over the New Hampshire and Vermont? God can. 71,000 pounds. Isn't that amazing? That's more than a heavy dump truck, for crying out loud. Right? That's tractor trailer size stuff. He says we also need some bags. The bags that uh, we go, so when you go to the store, don't throw them away. Uh, put them in a little ball, bring them in. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen? Yeah. We've got a baptism coming up because God intends us to be changed into His image, into His likeness. Praise the Lord that Norm told us about just a couple weeks away. Yeah. So praise the Lord. We're going to have good sunny weather there and the pool's going to be warm. <laughs> On set, so write this down. Write this down. Got your pen? Hold up your pen. Come on, nobody's holding up a pen. Yeah, see, Tom's holding up his finger. Tom! It's not what I meant. Tom! Yeah, I know, right? You guys. All right, September 18th through October 8th, those are the days of awe that we're going into. And those are the times where we're deciding to offer... Uh, a uh, fasting that we're going into in preparation for atonement, amen, like we do every year, but this year is going to be different. This year is already beginning the full of power, beginning of the joy of the Lord, beginning to go out and bring zeal to his house, amen. The, the, uh, the, the flyers went out a couple of days ago. I've seen the, uh, the flyer to Tabernacle, zeal for his house. Amen. And you guys are you guys are participating. You guys are right on. You guys are amazing. So September 18th through October 8th, those are the ten days of awe. Those are the wonders. Those are the places and the periods and the seasons. We're fasting. Yeah, and the old, so with this house, uh, a total fast of total food is something that you're certainly invited to do. If that's something that you can't do, uh, I've heard of a Daniel's fast before, according to the Word, right? There are different types of fasts. Uh, what is pleasing to the Lord is that you give up something that you like and take that time to seek Him and take that time. So whether you fast TV or sweets, or uh, something that you really enjoy. That's between you and the Lord, but I would invite you to participate somehow in the fast. I know some people go on total fast, complete food. Uh, ben did 40 days one time, complete food. He lost a lot of weight, but it changed his life. Changed who he was. God met him in it and decided, yes. Well, I'm not going to, uh, sometimes moved into my new Amen. And what are you doing with that time? Hey, that sounds like a godly woman in the works right there. Amen. Praise the Lord. Less TV and more time doing other things. Amen. So September 18th to October 8th, we've got the Feast of Tabernacles coming up. We've got so many wonderful things going on. Um, you know, I want you to know that 
as was released by Tom this morning, all things are possible. When we start thinking about the situations and the places that we're in within our lives, there are so many things that we're being asked to do that are impossible. I want to let you know that all of creation is participating in the move of God right now. It's not just you. I want you to understand that when God speaks and God does something on the earth, not just the people react, all of creation responds. I want to give you like a metaphor of even a monarch butterfly. I've seen so many butterflies around this year and more butterflies around than I've seen in previous years. The monarchs, the yellow ones, the white ones. And I think there's a purpose in that. When you look at a butterfly, you know, they're fragile and they're tender. And you think to themselves, it'd be kind of cool to be a butterfly, to kind of, you know, float around and get up there and soar on the wind. But then you think about their life, and they're called to make a journey of thousands of miles. With men, these things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. How does something so fragile like a monarch butterfly float around, and even when they fly, they seem to be very erratic in their flight, not like a bird flying from limb to limb, but they're kind of all over the place. I think they're that way by their own decision, but nonetheless... To think about a little fragile butterfly out in the field laying on uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the flowers of the field and now all of a sudden called to go to a distant land in South America thousands of miles away or they die. They're built in such a way that they can't withstand the northern storms and the northern winters. So if they don't go, they die. And there's something built inside of them to pick up and to fly south, and to all congregate in one special spot. There is a unity coming in the Spirit right now, in the body of Christ, that you can't drum up of yourself. You can't just decide to be in unity with the person sitting next to you. Either God does something, or you don't experience it. Just like this morning. And what it, God is asking you to do is yield to His Spirit. Yield to the move that is going on. That monarch butterfly, I don't know how they do it, to fly thousands of miles and congregate in a place of South America by the millions to experience the next phase of their life. Right? It's amazing. It's amazing. I, wanna, I want you to know that the Word tells us it's impossible to please God unless we operate by faith. It isn't a work that we decide to do in of ourselves. I told you earlier, there are people giving away their time, their money, their efforts, all kinds of things. I'm not to be the judge in judging that. I'm just saying, without faith in God, it's impossible. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. That means no work you'll ever do. That means no amount of money that you'll ever give away. That means no good deed that you've ever done is acceptable to receive the salvation that Jesus offers us. With men, these things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And I want you to understand that there, by the Spirit right now, there's an impartation of faith coming to the body of Christ all over the world. Like that monarch butterfly, it's impossible for me to do some of the things that God has asked me to do, to fly thousands of miles south in a place I've never been, and in a place I haven't seen or don't understand, 
Nobody told me to do it, but I feel compelled to lift up and go in a certain direction. And those butterflies end up in a place of their destiny. So such is the same for you. You are walking by the Spirit right now and you're being carried along by the winds of the Spirit. Amen? Now that's not to say that we don't have our own trials, that we don't have our own troubles, that we don't have our own challenges. I can tell you, I want to give a little bit of my story because I think my story is similar to yours. I work in a local manufacturing place. I've got 14 direct reports of engineering staff. They're male. They're all very opinionated. They have lots of ideas. I do too. Uh, you know, anytime you live together for 25 years, eight hours a day, there are issues. There are things that come up. So we work those out and we find a way to live together and operate and function together that keeps us going. Now, sometimes some people decide it isn't worth it and they move on. That's fine. I've lost three people in 25 years. But what I'm trying to say to you is I'm there to fulfill a requirement of my employer, the the people that I work for. And right now I've got 14 people who work for me, but I've got 27 capital projects. A capital project is a project that the company wants to invest heavily in because they have decided that it's part of the operating plan of where they want to end up. Now, other teams have one and two projects, but my team has 27 of them. Okay? So I've got about five or six leaders that I can count on to run projects. That means every single leader has got to be doing multiple things, plus their daily job plus the reason that they're there. Now, not only that, these projects typically take months and up to two to three years to complete. Just recently, we're going into the end of the year, and unfortunately or fortunately, many of the business teams, which there are many uh, for the the place that I work, uh, has leftover money. So the leaders and the directors and the VPs and the people who make the high-level decisions are coming to me and they're saying, Sean, we need this project done. So now it's 28. And they come the next day and add another one, 29. And oh, by the way, the money has to be spent by the end of the year. Can you do that? There's only one right answer. Yes. But the project takes two years or six months or nine months or 12 months to complete. So now, not only do I have 27 capital projects, some of them have been going on for three years. Two of them are going to be delivered in two weeks. But I feel like I'm in a position where I can't succeed. With men, these things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And I'm learning Even though I've been a Christian for 25 years, I'm learning there's a new place in God that I have to find. I've got to experience Him in a new way. He said in Genesis, at the beginning, the very first chapter of the love message that He wrote down for us that we read in the Bible, that Bible is a love letter to us. And in the very beginning, He said, let us go and make man in our image. That means He and Jesus and the Holy Spirit had an idea that was in their mind, right? We we talked about this a few weeks ago. They knew you before you were born. 
They knew where you were going to be. They, they had an idea of the giftings that they wanted to produce, the idea of the favor that they wanted you to be in the earth. And then they said, let's fulfill that longing that's in our heart and let us make man in our image. Right? We talked about this a few weeks ago. And so mankind was formed out of the and given life by the very breath of God and you are the image of God. But still, even though God is capable of all things and without God all things are impossible, we still have trials in our lives. We still have these, these things in our lives that I go to work and for me work isn't fun anymore. It's this gigantic stressful day of how do I get 20, almost 30 capital projects done in the time frame that I'm supposed to do it. And when the phone rings and Hypertherm has like 11 buildings, my team is responsible for keeping all of operations running. So when test fixtures go down and systems go down, guess who they call? They call the people that designed those systems and put them in place. So now we have to drop what we're doing and go into whatever facility this place is down and get it up and running. Now, when there's 45 people sitting watching you work on equipment and saying, is it done yet? Is it done yet? Is it done yet? You know, we're losing millions of dollars here every day. Uh, is it done yet? Is it done yet? That's a stressful environment. And I can tell you, experiencing that day after day after day after 25 years gets really old. Not only that, but I have this architecture of what I'm supposed to be fixing my team's time on. And if there's a safety matter that comes up anywhere in the company that my team can solve, that's priority number one. Drop what you're doing and go deal with this safety issue. This is, I think, your story. You're being asked to do things, whether you're a, uh, whether you're a teacher whether you're involved in the daycare, whether you have 85 kids at Dartmouth College that you're trying to manage, whether you're trying to de- deliver food all over the upper valley and uh, into the west and east of Vermont and New Hampshire and the north and south, whatever you're trying to do, you might have some uh, thing, something going on in your body, right? that really struggles, that you're really struggling with, wondering when is that day going to happen for me that I'm delivered from this, from this affliction, right? You, maybe it's financial for you. Maybe you've been required to start a brand new job and the job you had, you kind of knew how to function and it was stressful, but you knew how to do it. And now you're asking to do a brand new job, different setting, different people, different relationships. And maybe for you, that's really stressful. Maybe we're going into the winter season and maybe you moved into a new house and now you've got to climb what seems like a mountain every time you either leave or come back. Whatever your story is, we're in it together. And I want you to know, I want you to know that sometimes, first I want you to know that the types and shadows that are in the love letter written to us play themselves out over and over and over again through a different people, through a different time. 
And I want you to understand we're a body of believers coming out of what is old and we're going into what is new and it's uncomfortable and we haven't done it before and we don't know exactly how to do it and we make mistakes and we have successes. And maybe for you it feels a little bit like making bricks without straw. Maybe for you, it seems like the things that I'm being asked to do are so beyond my ability, so impossible for me, that I can't succeed and I don't want to fail. The problem is failure is a part of life that God established for us to walk through. And we need to walk through the successes and the failures in a way that He expects of an overcomer all the days of your life. And so part of the message this morning is you, at some point in your life, at some period of time, you're going to walk with the Lord in the sense of being required to make bricks without straw. Such as it was for the children of Israel in Egypt. 400 years they prayed for deliverance, taskmasters, hard bondage, And then God says, I've heard their cries. I'm sending a deliverer. And it gets worse. Rather than the deliverer just showing up on the scene and changing everything, he comes and he announces to Pharaoh, God says, let my people go. Pharaoh doesn't believe there is a God other than himself and says, I don't know your God. What's more... I'm going to make it harder for your people by more cruel bondage, taking away even what you had, even what you used, even what were tools for you, gets removed and now it gets harder. There are two things that God is looking for in the response of the straw being taken away. He's looking for the response of what an individual is in the process. One of the responses can be blaming the guy that started this, right? Blaming Moses, blaming Aaron, blaming whoever you can blame because this isn't turning out the way I thought it was going to turn out. And you start being critical and you start blaming and you start being offended and you start, and I showed you the other day, uh, a couple of months ago, what it's like to be trapped in an offense with different sized traps. And one of them was a bear trap. And to walk around with a little mouse trap on your finger, having been trapped, probably isn't going to affect your daily walk. But sometimes, those offenses can be the bear trap. And you can still walk and you can still have your being, but because of the condition of your heart, because of your attitude, because of blame and pointing the finger, you find yourself very limited and in pain and suffering and bitterness comes in. And so while you're being asked to make bricks without straw, we can look outside of ourselves And we can start to blame. And we can start to find reasons why other people are responsible. That's a decision we can make. That's a position we can take up. There's also another position going on the extreme other side. God, you know 
and see and understand all things. And you surely know what I'm going through right now. That the taskmasters that are over my life are requiring me to make bricks with no straw. And that's an impossible adventure. I cannot succeed. But God, I trust you in all things. You created me in the womb to be like you. When he said, let us go and make man in our own image. God, I'm trusting you that I will learn what I need to learn. And I humble myself. And I do the very best I can in this awful situation. But God, I need to see you. I need to hear your voice. I need to know that your word is active and alive in my life. I need to understand what the destiny that is written about me in this word that you had me read just the other day. I need to know how that fits into my current situation. Bricks without straw. And the trials and the pressure and the anxiety that we're under. Yeah. There's purpose in God in what we're going through. There's purpose in His heart. Sometimes we can say, if there was a God, He wouldn't have me go through this. If God really does see my circumstance, where is He? When is He going to show up? And you start blaming God. Jesus told us, I'm going to send the Helper to you. It's important that I go away. If I don't go away, the Helper won't come. And I want you to know and understand that just in these last days, couple of months, even a couple of years, the Holy Spirit has increased in His influence over our lives. And if you can't see it, you're not looking in the right places. I'm telling you, I'm seeing the Holy Spirit increase in the activity over His people. That doesn't mean we don't have to continue to make bricks without straw. That just means we have an opportunity to see the trial in a different light. To understand our destiny. To understand our calling. Jesus said, I will never leave you and I never will forsake you and I will complete the work that I have started. Right? And he's asked the Holy Spirit, go and minister to them because this is what they need right now so they can see my hand in their life. So they can see my working in their life. And all the while, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father saying, Father, they're feeling rejected. They're feeling hopeless. They're feeling in an impossible place. They're feeling like there's really no way out. This one has been sick for so long, at times they feel like giving up and just running until there's no place else to run. This one feels like they need to travel to a new place because the place where they're at feels so hopeless. They're interceding for you. He is interceding because He experienced every one of these things. Bricks without straw. He experienced... With man, these things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. You're coming to a place where you're starting to understand, you're tapping into the greater powers and the authority of God to get you through the circumstance. 
He said, my grace is sufficient for you. He said, for each one of you, there's a measure of grace to bring you through to completion and perfectness. Amen? Without faith. So how do we operate in this? How do we understand that the Holy Spirit is coming with greater influence in our lives? Right? We still have to make bricks without straw in some places. Right? How do we get to see with open eyes? It says, in that day the scales were removed and they will behold Him as He is. Not everyone. Not everyone. Only those who have continued to live the life of an overcomer. Whom you are whom you have been predestined to be. How do we know that even though I'm walking through the shadow, the valley of the shadow of death, we fear, we're stressed out, we're tired all the time, I have to go to work tomorrow, I have to face 27 capital projects and keep them moving, I have to answer the phone. To, i got to do all this stuff. It's impossible. I can't do it. I feel like the monarch butterfly who's in North America in, in September being called to be in South America by November. 3,000 miles away and I've never done it before. I don't know the way and I don't even know somebody who does know. But the Holy Spirit comes beside you and said, I'll take you there. I'll help you. Jesus said, it's important that I go away, that the Helper comes. You're starting to know the move of the Holy Spirit because you're willing to do absolutely ridiculous things like leave a sanctuary in the middle of worship and go out into a parking lot where other people can drive by and see you and worship the Lord with your hands in the air, with flags flying, and you singing His song. Who does that? The people who follow the Spirit of the Lord. The people who know their God. The people who are willing to be foolish for His glory. The people who are willing to obey His voice. And the people who are willing to continue life, bricks without straw, until the voice comes that says, this is the day of your deliverance. Your path is a path through the miracles. You get to see the waters walled up on both sides of you, walking through dry ground. You get to see the miracles happening in your life because you didn't die in Egypt. Your destiny is not to die in the wilderness either. Your destiny is to meet God on the top of the mountain. That means you've got more work to do. You've got to climb. You've got to respond. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And by faith, you got up out of your seats a few minutes ago and you did something you've never done before. And I have to believe, Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God are having a conversation in heaven. Did you see that? Did you see that? (laughs) Did you see what they did? They've never done that before. 
We sent the Holy Spirit to tell them what to do, and they obeyed, and they did this thing, and they didn't care about who drove by on the road because some of them went out onto the road and had the flags as cars were going by. Jesus, this, these people are passionate for your kingdom. They're passionate to please you, Father. They're passionate for your love to come and rest upon them. Are you going to answer them, Father? Are you going to answer the cry of their hearts? Are you going to answer them and deliver them and have them walk through the wall of water on both sides? Are you going to answer them and have them walk on the sea? Are you going to answer them and, have, and do something for them that they've never experienced before and no man but God is, can do all things. That's what's in God's heart right now. Because you responded. Now I can't promise you tomorrow is not a day without straw. But I can promise you He is the deliverer today that He was bringing the children of Egypt out of bondage for hundreds of years. He is a, he is a God who is so full of love and compassion and is so set on bringing your destiny into your experience. And those books that are written about heaven, you've finished a chapter. And he's instructing the angels to go get the next chapter. And this change that we're in right now, if you find yourself murmuring and complaining like I did and I've been doing, how do I lead... 14 people, high-level engineering staff, who have worked and worked and worked and worked, and I'm going to go to them tomorrow, and I'm going to say we have two new projects. We've got to finish by the end of the year. I can either take on the role of a taskmaster, or I can be out front leading. It's my decision. I can be the taskmaster and I can get everybody together and I can sell them, you're going to do it or you don't work here. Right? The whips, the chains, the expectations. Or they can see me out front, frustrated, but got a good attitude. We can do this. Being the cheerleader. Being the one who uh, is deciding I'm not going to blame. I'm not going to point the finger. I'm going to be the one who tries to navigate through all of this and figure out a way to get closer to my God, to get closer to His heart, to get closer to the thoughts that He has towards me. That's where you are. And so I would encourage you, as we go into this feast, there's a period of time called the days of awe and wonder. And oftentimes, my experience in the 25 years is that there are trials that come up during this time. There are places that come up that really stretch us even more than we've been stretched. Go through it knowing that there is a day where God makes atonement with the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ that positions you in His presence. And no matter what you've done, that blood atones for sin even today. 
And it asks you to come closer and it asks you to come nearer in a new relationship, a new understanding, a new mindset that you understand, yeah, that chapter in my life, it is over. Its residue is left and it seems like it's still continuing, but it's over. And there's something new that we're moving into. And I don't understand it yet. And I don't see it yet. And I can't describe it to you yet. But my spirit witnesses within me that the new chapter is going to be read aloud because the angels have gone into the vaults of heaven and selected the very one that describes my life. In closing, do you notice the sunrise this morning? There wasn't hardly a cloud in the sky. Do you notice how the mountains would run out ahead in that sunrise to catch the first rays of sun that came down upon the earth? Do you notice how the peaks stretched up to be the first to see the new sun that was going to shine upon the day? Do you notice how the trees reached up and forward Are you noticing how some of the trees want to be... All creation is testifying of this day we're in. Are you noticing how some of the trees are running out ahead of all the other ones? And on an entire hillside, there's one that's red. Just one. And it will be days or weeks before the other ones catch up. Did you notice how that one tree is so longing for the days ahead that it's running out ahead of all the rest. Did you notice how the clouds, how they take shape and we recognize them? Did you notice how they're testifying of what the day will become? It was a cloudless sky this morning. Open heaven. There was no restriction. And this happened. Did you notice how the birds, how they are coming and spending their time throughout the day? Did you notice what they're doing and, and what they're spending time with? They're spending time gathering with each other. They're spending time figuring out where their like kind is and they're beginning to be part of a movement and part of a flock and part of a together something. And all the while they're feasting. Because they know they've got a journey ahead of them. So they're strengthening themselves. They're finding their own kind and they're saying, we're going to do this together. All creation, even the mountains, reach up to catch the first of what's being released. I want you to be so encouraged. Yep, you're in the middle of the hardest periods of life. Yeah, the trials, I can't promise you will end at 8 a.m. tomorrow. But I can promise you what Jesus said in His Word is true. I am sending the Helper to help you navigate. And I want you to be aware. All of creation is responding. And He says, you're destined to be an overcomer in the same way. So do you feel like you're going to die? There were periods in this past year I'm sure I was going to die. And I was okay with it because at times it got so hard. But that is not what is written in my book. God ordained me, ordained you, 
purposed, sanctified to be the overcomer that you have been for today. And He will purpose that you be that overcomer until it is written in His Word. And now He is living with men and sin is removed. Amen? How cool is that? How awesome is that? Yes. What's his name? Willie? Willard. Willard. We just declare that Willard has books written about him in the in the play in the vaults of heaven. And we ask the angels to go and get those books and bring them into the very throne of God to read it aloud in the presence of heaven. We declare that there shall be life and not death. We declare that he shall know his God that he shall know the reason that he was birthed on this earth. We declare that there's an open heaven where he is right now, and we declare the peace of God to rule in his room. Amen? Anything else? So we're coming up on, we're coming up on the feast, right? Remember the dates that I gave you. Fasting is very much a part of this process. Right? We're denying ourselves some of the pleasures of this world in order that we make the same amount of time to get a hold of Him, listen to His Spirit, right? so that we know what we're to do individually. When, it's, when we're together, it's easier because somebody will have the revelation and we follow. When we're alone by ourselves, it's harder, but with God, all things are possible, yes. If you're going to read something, can you come up here or I can come back there? We just need to make sure that this is... um... Um, Yesterday, we were out and about and we saw a a beautiful rainbow. Is that good? I like that. Uh, So I took a picture of it and, of course, I posted it on Facebook. And it was so beautiful. It was just coming out of this white, fluffy cloud. And um, when I posted it, somebody piped in and said, you know... There's been so many rainbows this year, and I I hadn't really realized that. I had seen quite a few, but it didn't click that we had had more than usual. So um, he was talking about the butterflies and the trees and the mountains and just all the symbols in nature. So I wanted to share this because the girl had asked, I wonder what it means, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So um, I said, um, this is according to Genesis uh, 9 16. I'm sorry, I don't have my glasses. So, As we study through the Bible, we'll see God giving his people visible signs to help them remember his covenant promise. In Genesis 9, God sealed his promise with a rainbow in the sky. In the midst of the devastation from the flood of judgment, there was a beautiful rainbow in the sky symbolizing God's gracious promise. God did not promise we will never experience storms, but he has promised he will be with us during them. God further promised promised, whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant. So, um, yeah, that was, it was really powerful. It was just, you know, it's a simple, basic, like we all think we know when we see a rainbow, spiritually what it means, um, but it was a great reminder of the true covenant promise and blessings. And like he's talking about today, we go through trials and suffering and difficult times, 
and he just sends something like that so beautiful uh, to remind us of his covenant promise. And you were also talking about one another in the body, and I think it was yesterday or the day before, I was reading um, the scripture, I don't have it offhand, but about how iron sharpens iron. And that's kind of where God has me lately, is like in this place of not just running to the father, but the father running to me. The story of the prodigal son, we tend to focus on the son, but the father runs to us as well. And just that intimate relationship of love, and that also comes through the body of Christ. It comes through one another. It comes through the fellowship that we have with one another, the encouraging, the edification. And I think Deb Kerwin talked last week about, um, she mentioned about depression. I remember that. And I I think we all can struggle with that here and there in life, but um, I know for a fact there's people in this body that struggle with depression, because the Lord revealed that to me right after she brought that word. And I, I said to this person, you know what? I wish you were at church this week, because that word came, and it, it was for you, and you missed it. But I'm here to tell you, because, you know, we have relationship outside of these four walls, um, that God loves you, and come next week, and we're here for you, (laughs) and we love you, and so we're all here for each other, because iron does sharpen iron, and if we think that's not true, we're in error, and then we have to go to the Lord, and we have to repent, and we have to say, Lord, I'm sorry, you know, forgive me, because I thought that I could do this alone, or, <laughs> you know, and one of the things Kathy, yeah, had said to me when we when we were coming back to the church and everything was that um, you don't have to go through this alone. Whatever it is that you're dealing with and all the suffering and all the trials and all the hardships um, and all the attacks of the enemy, because the enemy does attack. He comes with his schemes and his wiles, and he attacks you, especially when you're on fire for his kingdom and you're out there doing what you know. You're, you're walking in obedience. Um, but we need one another. We need the body to hold us up in prayer. We need each other to, um, to love God because in each person is Christ Jesus. So we love each other. And by doing that, we show God we love him. Amen. Praise the Lord.